but we have that cool opening that I have to rebuild in Reaper because I did it on Pro Tools with Kona going, space, the thing we have to cross. <laughs> These are not the voyages of the USS Horizon, so we will have to also re-record that. Maybe I'll get Velvet to uh, re-record the lines yeah, after we're done this. These are the voyages yeah. of the USS Revelation. <clears throat> its mission, to do better than Horizon. <laughs> to not kill everyone and eject them into space. Find new things to play with. <laughs> and, and if it's... <laughs> and, and when you find something you haven't seen, reach out and touch, touch it. it. <laughs> the scientific method. Space. The thing we have to cross. These are the voyages of the USS Horizon. Its ongoing mission. To seek out new life. To swear it was on stun the whole time and to boldly claim we can fix it. Well, hello there. I'm Justin Eacock. I'll be your Game Master here for our return to Star Trek Adventures. Welcome, everyone. Uh, this is uh, a fun game to return to because we are allowing you to vote for our games this year. Now, the last two, Tales in the Loop and Bluebeard's Bride, you didn't vote for because they were sort of our, our start. So the didn't have enough time to I want the polls to be done in advance so we can follow along with that and uh, so now going forward all of the games we're now caught up with the polls this poll was held in September you had the choice between Star Trek Adventures the Witcher RPG uh, Paranoia and I can't remember the other one that Joshua wanted to run. Oh, Tales in the Loop was, we could have kept playing Tales in the Loop. And you chose overwhelmingly Star Trek Adventures. And uh, the last game was up for October. There were four choices there as well. The uh, winner has been decided. Uh, at the time of this recording, I don't know what it is. It's the middle of October. I think Masks was in the lead, which is exciting, but it could be Headspace or Aspire. So congratulations to whichever game you chose. And, uh, and now in November, there are four more choices so a Patreon supporter of any amount, head over to patreon.com slash terriblewarriors, and you can choose which game we will record next month and release in January. So it's kind of exciting. Well, that first choice on that list will be Star Trek Adventures. If you want us to keep playing through the living campaign, you know what to do. Head over to Patreon right now and tell us to keep playing the living campaign. And then we will, because democracy sometimes works. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I am not alone at this table because if I was, that would be a short game. Uh, I have brought back some old players and a new player, and we are going to uh, not be on the USS Horizon this time, as you heard in that opening. That's exciting. Uh, welcome back, Ensign Armstrong. Thank you. Who I've, is also? Oh, I'm also Brent Morris. I'll get good at this. He's one the most experienced podcaster in the room, yeah. and I have to prompt him to say hello every time. We I was going to say my name is Steve Armstrong. Say, you say your name. You threw yeah. me for a loop. Oh, fine then. Hi, Brent from the Show Hulk podcast. Oh, thank you. Hello. How are you, Ben? Things are good. I miss yeah. playing this game. Yeah, me too. Uh, actually, I got to play this game two weeks ago for Patreon. It was also a way to like relearn the rules. Uh, we're also running Patreon private games uh, every month. Um, instead of, we used to do cameos where you could pay to be on the podcast. And I was like, that's not ethical. Uh, I don't like that. I don't like people who can just pay their way to be on the show. And we ran into technical difficulties a lot of the times and scheduling issues. And it just wasn't sustainable. But the private games is much easier. We run them over Discord, connect in, just be available on that weekend uh, that, that you, know, you get a month's notice. Um, and we played, they, they wanted to play Star Trek Adventures. Like, well, why don't we do the 23rd century version of the Living Campaign? And, and we did, and I've uh, gotten to roll back into it. So they're flying around in the USS Lexington, having a good old time. And maybe um, it won't happen in this one. Uh, if we keep doing that, they might show up in our campaign, like in records historical records and stuff that'd be and, cool and the things they learned might help you out and lower the difficulty in like a future kind of the way they'll send it like oh well, the enterprise and kirk went up against this that's going to help us out today and it doesn't at all but <laughs> <laughs> never does also returning to our living campaign our science officer hello hello i am lieutenant bolasa uh formerly of the uss horizon but still currently velvet duke of the dandies you're still i think assigned to the horizon you've just been given a transfer um it's a condiment maybe yeah yeah, exactly. Just send over, give it, give, give you a break. Those guys sound real stressful. Um, and uh, and and holiday folly is still happening every month. Still happening every month. We're in our sixth year. Yeah, congratulations. Thank That's you. Really cool. 
Uh, anything happened since that Thanksgiving show I was at? Have they eaten more people with the crew? Has has everything happened yeah. since then? <laughs> uh, most recently, uh, we did land on an alternate version of Ontario where uh, cannibalism had just been made legal by the uh, corrupt premier. Uh, yeah, that Top was fun. Goal. Yeah, and there we are. Yeah. So, Premier Donner. Something Ford. <laughs> Something, yeah, Droff, Droff yeah. Boar, right? That was uh, the, uh, the, the people over at uh, D&D Live uh, had uh, the evil wizard Droff Boar ruling over the land of Tirana. And uh, when they came on the show years ago, uh, while we were in Toronto, we had to team up with the green... Drake, Drake, mm. to um, <laughs> ch- uh, to to race Droth Boar and his evil brother to the Crack of Doom, nice. and we had to be the first ones to get control of the Crack before Droth Boar got the Crack, mm-hmm. and if he got the Crack, he would uh, he would rule over Toronto for a thousand years. So it was it was a very subtle analogy. I don't know if you follow along with the metaphor, but uh, it aged well. Yeah, <laughs> it aged well. So, uh, the laughing laughter you're hearing, new to the Terrible Warriors, <laughs> but not to my life. Uh, welcome to the show, Neil. Uh, Neil Tavares of, uh, yeah, of, I of, guess, Neil T. Tattoos, yeah, I Neil suppose. Neil T. Tattoos? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, check check it out on, 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 on Instagram. Tattoo artist of the nerd community yeah. of Toronto. How's the Pokemon tattoo project oh, going man, on? Oh, man, it's going fantastic. Um, <clears throat> probably tattooed a good... Maybe over 300 of them, I yeah. think, at this point. So, yeah, fill, went... fill you in, dear listener. Uh, you originally started, Neil, uh, with only doing the original first-gen Pokemon. That's correct. The, yeah. one, the 125 or 150? The 150, yeah. And 150. 151, I guess. 151. Count, Mewtwo. And it's... Uh, so, the 151, and you're only going to do each once. Only once. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. So, once someone got a Charizard, yeah. no one else is getting a Charizard. Exactly. And uh, and then and once you completed all 151 and filled in that Pokedex... Uh, you opened it up to, to the complete decks. the entire yeah. decks, every yeah. Pokemon ever. But you'll only still tattoo them once. Only still once. So yeah. once it's done, they're gone. Yeah. When I made it, when I made it go live, it, it took some time to, for the momentum to build up. But the first one fifty one. Um, but then eventually, once it caught up and I, I and people really grew fond of them, they were all waiting anxiously. And so they were all just kind of on standby. So as soon as I made the announcement on Instagram that I yep. was opening up to the full decks, like over 40 people called in the first hour. So we got a lot of, of Pokemon. Going live. We got a lot of Pokemon. How fans many here. Pokemon are they up to now? Over f- like over 700. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah. yeah. Less than eight, but more than seven. Every, every okay. year or two, every year or two, another generation comes out and adds right. another 150 or so into the mix again. So. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got you got a job for life now. Yeah, uh, right, right. <laughs> so, one a day for at least seven hundred days. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the uh, so I mean, we got a lot of Pokemon fans here on 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 the show. We've done Pokemon the RPG. If uh, yeah, check check out Neil's uh, Instagram. We'll have it in the show notes. We we always link everyone's social media and uh, cool. uh, yeah, give it some love. Also, Bree's not here to record because she can't stand Star Trek. We're all two goody two shoes. <laughs> you know, we're not oh, man. we're not dark enough. If we were doing a mirror universe game, she'd be here in a heart. She'd be so down for a mirror too. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, are the mirror universe. Yeah, do the mirror universe. I was thinking she might do a really good Tal Shiar agent. Like yeah. that, that Romulan commander we met at Signals might. I was like, Bree should be playing this commander. <laughs> just, just a shit disturber. Yeah. Um, Bree's tattoo sleeves. I mean, I know everyone here follows her on Instagram too. Uh, all those, ta- all those sleeves were done by Neil. Uh, yeah. So that's yeah. Uh, really those are really lots cool. of fun. Right down to the gelatinous cube. Yeah, gelatinous cubes. I think yeah. it's my favorite. Don't forget Glados. Glados is on there. Awesome there's, there's a Zerg from Starcraft. <laughs> yeah. Uh, You've got um, uh, some stuff from uh, uh, Spirited Away yep. and um, uh, Shadow Colossus Shadow and Colossus. Fantasy Seven. It's, and tons. it's awesome. great. Yeah, wow. it's, and there's all these little details. You keep looking around. There's the uh, the forest spirits from Spirited Away are kind of yep. climbing yep. around different things and <laughs> holding on to the back of Morpheus as he's flying through the dream world. It's, it's crazy. There's so much <laughs> that motion like some cool and scale, and uh, it's not. I, every time I look at it, I'm seeing something else there. I fuck. I, we, we should just do a completely different <laughs> podcast. Like, let me just tell you. There's one bit. You got. We mentioned Glados. We mentioned there's a Zerg, and there's also a Tonberry from Final Fantasy. Yep, in there. Yep. The Tonberry and the Glados are almost right next to each other, but Glados. The, the the needles you used make it look like brushed steel from Glados's uh, metal side, and then when right next to it is the tonberry that looks like texture of a hood and fabric, and you can see the directions of everything is it's the metal's all very straight lines, and when you get to the textures, it's much more like. Like it's 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 insane details. <laughs> Thank you. That's it's, oh, anyway, it's kind of. I remember just looking. At it, I was like, I want to touch it because it, it looks so tactile. 
uh, seeing the details. It's just, it's uh, something else. And I know uh, Brie was like pulling back the curtain and showing me like, yeah, you were using like different pattern needles for different yeah. textures to give that. Yeah, yeah exactly. I fought real hard for color too, but she wouldn't listen. No, she wouldn't, she wouldn't budge. No, uh, <laughs> I, I know color. you do a lot of color yeah. and actually a grayscale sleeve like that on such a scale is, um, uh, I think, not your usual. Not the usual. Yeah, all yeah. the Pokemon stuff uh, is, um, they're all color. Yeah, they're all color and they're all, um, I modify their colors actually so that they look like the uh, old set colors from gold and silver. Oh, cool. So even the new guys that have like a bunch of different colors, I choose what the colors out of them. What if I want a shiny? Then you can have a shiny. That's it. <laughs> yes, yeah. They get a chance to choose if they want shiny or not shiny actually. And I've done a number of shinies, but some some people don't really care about the shinies all yeah. that much. Shinies are hit or miss. Some of them look yeah. really cool and some of them are like, that's just a green. Yeah, it's just like Jolteon. slightly different green colors. Green Jolteon looks weird. Yeah. But uh <laughs> It's supposed to be yellow. Yeah. It's electric type. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're not here. Oh, how? That, that's 10 minutes. All right. We're done. Bye, everyone. See you next time. <laughs> Doodles. Uh, we, got, we got three more episodes of Star Trek to go. Okay. So we're back to Star Trek Adventures. We've introduced everyone. Um, uh, I'm, I'm stalling for time because this is a very different we, kind we, we of We forgot adventure. to introduce Neil's character. Yeah. No, we didn't. Oh, no? Okay. We haven't introduced his character yet. Fair enough. So we oh, are okay. playing today the next chapter in the Living Campaign. Last one we did was Signals. Uh we are the stars that sing with our life is the name of this episode. And yeah, yeah, it sounds weird. It's written by uh, Aaron Paulier, who we interviewed here on the show. And he has been messaging me on Facebook ever since going like, have you played We Are the Stars yet? We are... It's really weird. I'm really worried about it because it's like he's written since then a lot of voyages for the standalone uh, adventure book. And he's still writing on Star Trek Adventures. But We Are the Stars that Sing with Our Life is experimental to, to, to put it nicely it's it's a very especially for a tabletop rpg group that um we've done already now a number of combat and very tense dice heavy adventures especially tug of war which he wrote is um this is uh this is weird and it's and it is going to be a challenge for me as a gm and for players and i and we talked a bit about it in our pre-gaming chat if you're a patreon supporter you can listen to it uh this is also going to offer a lot of breathing room for role playing the pacing is going to sound it's it's it, i don't want to burn it up too fast we've still got to stretch it out for four hours um we'll see how it goes this is I'm, I'm really excited it's got a it's got an interesting little bit of a mystery so uh We'll we'll figure it out, and I'm glad we've brought like the characters we've got. I don't like Joshua. I love you. I don't think Commander Haddock is going to help us out with this one, and and it's, it's this is not something that um, some of our more trigger happy comrades um, would uh, would work well. This is a very uh, fun different thing but it also extends the lore of living campaign we've been if you've been listening to all of it there have been little things that have happened that haven't been part of that main storyline we picked up details we'll see we're going to learn a little bit more today so Lassa and Armstrong, you're not going to be on the horizon. You've been transferred since Signals. After Signals happened, um, Starfleet Intelligence got involved, as seems to happen all the goddamn time when you're out on a mission. <laughs> and uh, uh, especially Lassa, your um, uh, scans of the alien artifact underneath the grounds of uh, Seku-6, uh, they, um, uh, they... they took all, everything you had, everything you learned, slapped a big old top secret classified thing all over it. Uh, uh, everyone on the horizon was like sworn to secrecy and uh, because the Romulans and the Klingons are one in on this, especially the Romulans as an issue because we're probably going to war with them like on Tuesday. And uh, it's, uh, uh, it's tough. But meanwhile, uh, the horizon is still doing its survey of the expanse, but it's just doing like nebula scans. They've kind of put it into like the version of a desk job now because it's, it's been through some time and, uh, uh, you and Armstrong have been reassigned temporarily for now, but you know, we'll see how it happens. It's Starfleet. It happens all the time. Um, another ship from Narendra station is understaffed and the horizon is obviously overstaffed given the number of support characters we've created for them. Uh, and, uh, uh, they uh, are running on a, on a skeleton crew, but they uh, they needed a science officer, and you happen to also have a lot of experience with the Shackleton Expanse. So you've been brought on board to the USS Revelation. The USS Revelation is a Nova class. You might rec uh, recognize it from its appearance in Voyager. It was the other ship that Voyager discovered out in the Delta Quadrant. It's a very small ship, kind of looks like a, an arrowhead. Uh, only like a crew of like, 
probably a maximum of 50 people. It's small. And it's a science vessel outfitted with very advanced sensors, both an advanced sensor suite and um, what's the other one I have written there? Uh, it says advanced sensors and um, high-resolution high sensors. Uh, they both do different things. Uh, advanced sensors lower difficulties of sensor rolls. High-resolution sensors allow you to... Um, uh, gain additional momentum for successful roles because they get you even more. So the, the two of them synergize quite well. You also have modular laboratories, and I'll see if Neil wants to do whatever he wants with that. Um, so the uh, uh, you're being brought on board the Revelation, and it's en route to, uh, I want to make sure I get the planet right, the Alpha Troyu system, uh, specifically because civilian archaeologists who have been working there for a while now have uncovered evidence of devices that seem to match the descriptions from your investigations on Seku 6. Now, they don't know all of that. They sent in their report to Starfleet, and it set off a bunch of red flags, command, da -da 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 -da, like, all right, fine, we'll break some of this classified information. We're going to send the people that know about this to go check it out. Because every single time we have found evidence of this race, this ancient race, it's stuff like artificial electromagnetic eddies out in the Shackleton Expanse. It's ancient technology that, that seems to, you know, allow it to seed planets with life uh, and other, you know, like it's old and it's powerful and it's way beyond our understanding. Um, so uh, it's also a matter of security that we know what's going on here because there's Klingons poking around and the Orion Syndicate and... Um, you know, and if there's anything here that might be able to help us with the Dominion threat, uh, this is all the current political climate where they're thinking of. Uh, but of course, you're the you're the science officer, so you're not like you're not a soldier. You're a researcher. So you've been on the revelations now. Um, I want to give you time to uh, you know get into this new home uh, for for a few weeks, uh, and. There's one character in particular on board. Uh, Captain Riga's in charge, but Captain Riga's just a bus driver. Um, Captain Riga <laughs> takes this... That's his nickname in 10 Captain forward. Riga takes uh, their, um, uh, their, their, their medical officer, who's the research head on ship, wherever they need to go uh, for their next project. And they're not going to Alpha Troyu because they want to. They're going to Alpha Troyu because... The Andorian on board wants to. And Neil, this is where we'll bring you in, so uh, you're not sitting on the sidelines for too long. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, I am Teth uh, Chovaquil, the Lieutenant Commander Ch Teth and uh, Chief Medical Officer. Chovaquil? Um, yeah, C H uh, comma O V Y Q I L. So maybe it could be like kill, I don't know. Chova, Chovaquil, I kind of like that. So, uh, so uh, Lieutenant Commander Teth. Uh, same rank as Lhasa, uh, is uh, officially the chief medical officer on board, the doctor, um, but also is, um, it's a small ship. There's not a whole lot of, uh, you know, Command. medicine that needs to be done on, on a smaller ship. So you, it's very much also a lot of science and, and research uh, and, and heading up those departments. Um Despite its size, it's such a dedicated ship to science. It has multiple departments all running on different research tasks. And, you know, usually like four or five person teams all doing something different in scans and working on different stuff as they go through the Shackleton Stance. The Revelation's equipped with some very powerful sensors, and uh, and it's just it's not meant for long range deep space pathfinding missions like the Horizon, um, but it's it's the one that goes off to you know our probes have picked up something of interest. We're sending you to to, to find out more. Um, so yeah, how uh, how how has it been settling into to a new ship? Like Horizon's a city, uh, galaxy class. You've got you know the mess hall and a thousand crew members so it's very easy to kind of blend into the crowd on on revelations you've seen the same faces every single day and uh armstrong i mean they needed a helmsman so you're you're up there flying the ship around you're spending time with riga mostly and lhasa uh you'd be um you've got your science station and your own work that you've been working on independently uh but uh you learn pretty quickly nothing really happens on the ship Unless Teth gives his stamp. 
that you all get to know each other before I uh, send in the next thing. <laughs> okay. So like, okay. Morning. I'm doing a lot of talking. I want to need a glass of water. <laughs> um, uh, good morning. Um, I'm not sure where to go. Yeah. Honest. I mean, uh, so is there a scene you'd like to have, Velvet? Um, uh, we can set a location and a, an actual moment. Uh, I know, Brent, I did this to you a lot in the last time. If there's anything you'd like to propose, like, I want to be in this room this yeah. time of day, and I'd like these characters to be there, in this, and we can kind of set it up that way. So how long have you guys basically been on the, the ship? A couple days, say? a week, couple probably. Days? Do you want to have a, the day you arrive on her on, on Revelation? Uh, I think I would like to skip that initial yeah. stranger moment and just, go into it's like the, you know, the, the, the episode starts, and it's just like yeah. your log. Yeah. You know, Stardate, by the way, 48673.4. And uh, you can give yourself a log, like the, the beginning of the TV, the cold opening. Sure. It's like, <laughs> and it, it shows the, you know, Revelation flying through space at warp. And, uh, you know, it's not the horizon. This is weird. Yeah. The audience is like, where's the ship I'm used to seeing every week? <laughs> Personal log. It's been a long time since I've been in a log cabin in the woods remotely away from every comfort I've known. A personal log cabin? Personal log, yes. <laughs> <A> personal <laughs> log cabin. Brilliant. But that's where I find myself, on the science ship Revelation. Destination Aquafina, Aquafair. Alpha like, Troyu. Alpha Troy. I mean Alpha Troyu. Some backwater place run by backwater people. It reminds me a lot of home. Let's see if I can make a new home with this crew. Yeah, is the word revelation at all like a little, I don't want to say as hard as triggering, but uh, Lhasa with your religious background from Bajor and your dad's like a Vedic and all this, like it's like, it's, it's not yeah. the most scientific. <laughs> it's got It's got some weight behind it, right? Some people may, in a moment of fear, go back <laughs> to the religious upbringing. But having handled an orb that turned out to be a bomb, I know to be a, a bit Romulan wary. Bomb. Yeah. A little bit wary <laughs> of this time and this place. End log. <laughs> Does uh, Brent Armstrong also have a log? Yeah. Uh, 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 personal log, uh, Stardate's, what he said. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've been uh, reassigned temporarily, it seems, uh, to uh, the science ship Revelation. Uh, He's driving a much smaller bus. Yeah, it's a much smaller bus. It handles nicer than the Galaxy class, but there's nothing going on here. There's, there's, we were going on interesting missions, fighting Romulans and pirates, and now they're sending us out to go explore some thing on some nowhere planet uh and i don't know the one thing i i can maybe look forward to is seeing some civilians i kind of mix my prox proxima family uh maybe i have something in common with them there but it's it's proxima colonies like a, a great bustling You're always talking about that colony metropolis been there for and eight years now i'm just going out to the sticks and it's it's like the guy who grew up in new york and reminds everyone no matter where they live i'm from new york yeah. like you have been living in south carolina since you graduated university are you can you just like settle down I, you know, I, I, I'm starting to miss the self-sealing stumble business. I, I kind of wish I'd stayed home if they were going to send me out to do boring stuff like this and still oh, leave me as an ensign. Someone wants a promotion. And log. Uh, Tess, do you have a log of your own? Uh, sure. Um, star date the day after yesterday. Um, Getting in a little bit of uh, new blood here on Revelation and a little bit excited. We've got a lot of holes in some of the information that we have, and I'm really looking forward to filling some of those. Um, they tell me these guys are the experts. They tell me these guys are the ones who are going to start showing me all the things I'm going to need. So I'm really hoping they're helping my research and not hindering my research. Yeah. Uh, at this point now, Captain Riga does his own log. Her own log. Her own log. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Captain's log. Start eight four eight seven three point six. Uh, priority message from Starfleet Command has deployed us 
the Alpha Troyo system to rendezvous with the USS Mogami, now to assist in the evacuation of a team of archaeologists and several unique ancient artifacts from below the surface of the second world, which would be Alpha Troyo 2. I am intrigued by the mysteries the planet contains, but what we rescue here may be all that will answer the many questions we have about who was in that system and why. So you're all brought in for a briefing by your captain. You were en route to Alpha Troy already, which is why you're now part of this. Um, the archaeology team uh, working there, the USS Megami has already been in orbit, and they represent the Federation Corps of Engineers. Uh, and the archaeology team, which is a civilian-run organization, has been on Alpha Troy, or not Alpha, uh, Troy U2 uh, in the Alpha Troy U system. Um, and they've been f going through all of these uh, digs and finds and devices they've been discovering. Um, however, uh, they now need to evacuate everyone, and the Megami's not large enough a ship to handle it uh, because despite what we know about how stars work, the star in Alpha Troy U is beginning to show the signs of collapse rapidly like something that should take billions of years is going to be uh, in hours uh it's going to collapse so they need to get everyone out of the system and off the planet but also preserve the things that have been found because there are answers here uh to these riddles in the shackleton expanse that have been found but they need to get off world to continue studying and there's just not enough time in the next 18 hours to rescue the people and if they it can't leave everything behind and the archaeologists are refusing to leave things behind so you're already en route other ships have been sent to the system as well but they're not going to arrive there in time with only 18 hours to go even at maximum warp there's just too much space uh between uh the systems and everyone is spread out thin across the shackleton expanse right now the horizon is just not going to make it in time so revelation is already en route and you are now tasked with evacuating riga's kind of into this because it means she's now in command again. <laughs> Teth. Um, and uh, enjoy it. The Megami seems to believe that the cause of the star's collapse um, is not a natural occurrence. There's something happening in this system as well. So there's a mystery about what's causing this on top of the evacuation. So we've got a couple of directives from Starfleet Command. Uh, evacuate the archaeologists is obviously paramount. Lives need to be saved. Second is also saving the research and the evidence and the artifacts. Third is uncovering the mystery of what the hell is happening in the first place. Why is this star doing this? We know a lot about stars and collapses and supernovas over the you know 200 years we've been flying through space. These things are predicted down to the second. This should not have caught us off guard. So the fact that it is, something has changed. What is it? Find out helps that you're all really good at this. I mean, except for Armstrong, you're good at flying. <laughs> Into stars. <laughs> so uh, we got a, we're going we're gonna to arrive in the system in, in about an hour from now. And just as it's going on, we started getting subspace communications being sent in, going like, oh, our mission has changed a lot. You've got a few things you can do ahead of time. Uh, there's a reason and science task that you can all work together on to... Um, maybe work with the sensor logs that the Megami has sent to try and understand a little bit more about what you're flying into before you arrive in the system. Because once you fly into the system, the rescue effort is going to kick into high gear. And Riga is going to be using almost every one you've got on your support crew in the evacuation effort. You've got three shuttlecrafts on board. You've got 40 crew members. They're all going to be working. So for you to use a support character is also going to be to request permission from a support character, from the captain, to reassign them on rescue duties. Uh, so there's a few things there. And if you want to use a shuttlecraft, you're going to have to explain why it's not being used in the evacuation because we just only have one transporter pad. We are a small ship. So all hands on deck here, including the three of you. Don't worry, Armstrong. We'll figure something for you to do. Um, so I guess we obviously don't need to have the conversation about why the sun should not be, why the star should not be doing this. I don't know that that we don't need to have that conversation. I think we could look at the sensor logs and see if there's any unusual energy patterns, etc. We could we could pour over that. We may never answer the why. Of course, of course. But yeah. the how, in case it happens Yes, again. exactly. Uh, so I, someone... I just want to say, I'm not here to hinder your efforts. 
Absolutely. I, I, I have heard more than enough of your um, expertise and behind, and I very much look forward to you furthering this entire project. Um, and as I've mentioned before to uh, um, everyone else, I'm really looking to try and fill in some of these holes, and I would really love to hear any theories on your side <laughs> that you may have already come up with. I'm not ready to share theories, but I will share uh, this warning. I'm very much hands-on. Understandable. Uh, I jump into the fray if necessary to find those answers. Uh, so far, I've uncovered more questions than answers. And you've only blown yourself. You almost almost blown yourself up only two times. Only two times. Only two. I'm, yeah. I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm starting much, to look forward to yeah. getting my hands in it. Then I suppose. Yeah, you have been. I guess Teth. In reality, you've been a very uh, theoretical researcher. Correct. Yeah. Whereas at the same time, Lhasa has been a very practical, practical researcher. And so the two of you are both coming from the same ideological direction. But uh, this guy's coming up and like, I've been there and I've seen some things. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I'm very pressed for time, especially with the sun, with the star doing what Armstrong is usually doing. chased by zombies. Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> that if, if, if need be, I may have to get my hands dirty. All right, before we arrive, super enthused about it. But... Before we arrive in Alpha Troy, who would like to give me a reason science task? It will be a difficulty of three. If does anyone have astrophysics or something similar as a focus? Astrometrics. Yeah, that would work. If you could work that with a focus. Oh, shoot. Sorry. Um. So Lassa sounds like uh, has the best setup for this, but Teth, you can absolutely assist in the role, yeah, I may as well and the ship sensors assist. can help as well. Uh, uh, Armstrong, you can roll for the ship sensors. Okay, so that'll that'll be. Uh... It'd be computers and sensors. You add those two numbers together and roll under them. But we'll worry about that after Lhasa. So you're going to have four oh. dice here in difficulty okay. of three. So three of those dice are going to be a success. Lhasa will roll two with his own stats. Yep. Teth, you will roll one die using two of your stats. It doesn't have to be the same reason and science as his. If you've got a different okay. thing you think would be more applicable to how you assist Lhasa. But reason and science probably makes the most sense. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. And uh, Armstrong, I'm thinking my, departments and systems, right? Yeah, right. So my 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 default would probably be computers and sensors, would be what I would go for, unless you've got a different suggestion. Well, I can't combine the oh, two oh, systems. Right? Uh, uh, yeah. Then I meant um, science and science and sensors, and a, yeah. they're both yeah. the same, so that yeah, works. science and you sensors. Could, you could use weapons somehow if you want. Yeah, <laughs> fire phasers in the direction of the star, uh, and uh, yeah, you can uh, uh, you can roll your uh, yeah. You brought some really kick-ass dice, Neil. I kind of really want them now. Just leave them behind. It'll be fine. Yeah, sure. Donate them to the. So uh, just a reminder for me: we're rolling low, not high. You're right? rolling under the number. Under, yeah. yeah, which All is right. I, I, something I like about. I know Neil's first time playing Star Trek Adventures. Uh, you set your own dice check, so I might give you like give me science reason. You're like. Science reason sucks. I would rather figure out like if I can use my presence or a command instead to like bolster the crew that's really doing the work because command tends to be a very support class in this okay, game. Okay. And you can counteract like I don't want to do that because I have really crappy stats, but I want to work my best stats into this. So then you can navigate how narratively you instead use a different number that gives you a bigger advantage for successful roles. Okay. Because the higher the number that you're combining, the more chance you're going to roll under it and 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 succeed. Gotcha. Uh, so you set the dice check, not me. Okay. I just give you suggestions, but everything I tell you when I say give me a reason science, I'm not. It's not an order. Mm. <laughs> it's just this is where my default is. Gotcha. So uh, so I'm actually not going to use reason. What I'm would going you like to, to use? Daring. Daring. Okay. And, and my reason for that is this star should not be yeah. dying as quickly as it is. Yeah. So I'm going to take a leap of logic or a leap of faith. You're taking a leap of faith. You're not using your calculator. You're turning off your targeting yeah. computers. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I'm going to find nice. the exhaust port that yeah. is deflating the <laughs> balloon of this star. Yeah. Well, you've also seen a lot of different signals in the Shackleton Expanse. And so you're yeah. comparing that not just to, and you've got a very good memory. It's not just what's in Starfleet records, but also like, oh, I've seen this before. I saw this right. in the nebula with the convoy. This or, inexplicable thing. I'm seeing a pattern yeah. even though i can't name what the yeah. pattern is yeah. uh well so i got a i, I succeeded in both and, okay, so yeah. and one was one uh, was an advantage so that's, yes. that's really oh uh we gotta both get we gotta advantages. get some tokens out here um uh give me just a second Where did my dice bag go? 
We rolled two things, so... So, both of mine are uh, advantages, Brent is going to roll one, and oh, okay. Neil is going to roll one. I already cool. did. Cool. Well, and did I you roll did. under? I rolled a one, yeah. Oh, you rolled a natural one? Yeah. Oh, nice. kick-ass. And I what? rolled over. Oh, okay, so Brent's useless, but it's fine. The three of you <laughs> succeeded. You didn't need Armstrong after all. Um, <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> it's one of those, like, you're absolutely right. It shouldn't be doing this, so let's find out why. Yeah. You uh, you rolled the die um, for the success. Uh, the, the ship didn't help you out with... Um, which is fine. If it was the horizon, it would have oh, helped. Oh, wait. Uh, you were using your sensors. <laughs> no, you have uh, uh, high-resolution sensors, and you have a, a advanced sensor suite. So the difficulty was actually two, not three. So you got an additional to take another momentum, and because uh, advanced... Uh, I'm just going to really quickly confirm here in the rulebook, uh, the um, ship... Uh, ship needs a new crew. Systems. Oh, there's the NPC ship. Uh, improved saucer separation. <laughs> uh, high resolution sensors. Sensors gain accurate data while the vessel is not in combat. Any successful task that is assisted by the ship's sensors also gain a bonus momentum. So you take another momentum because of the high resolution sensors. So you got awesome. a lot of answers, Look at this. which is really really good. So. That's why they brought me on the ship. Uh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> I mean, I won't understand a single answer, but <laughs> so it's okay. You... I, I love results, so I'm like, yes, yeah, please yeah, more. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, I, I, I mean, well, pull I built the stats for the ship for this adventure to kind of help you because we're working with three in a play, in a game that can support up to six, so we're kind of at half power, which is kind of good. You might all die. Uh, so the. Uh, he, he, we just went off to the revelation and then we go back to the friends like what happened to Lhasa and Armstrong I don't know they uh, I don't know they, were like, they went out for cigarettes or something and then they just never <laughs> came back, never came back. Uh, okay so just uh, like mom I love you kids <laughs> successful yeah. Lhasa uh, the star is actually going to undergo gravitational collapse in 11 hours give or take 30 minutes uh, the artifacts and the people on the planet is projected to take 18. Uh, you got additional successes. Um, you are also able to increase the accuracy of the sensor readings. The There is something, there's a strange sensor shadow deep in the star. You're looking at the sensor readings from the Megami. They didn't see this, but you were able to like enhance the resolution of their own scans. Um, there's a deep sensor shadow in the star causing compression of the stellar matter and it may accelerate the collapse unexpectedly and may have also been the reason for this sudden collapse to begin with uh additional successes uh all that momentum give me one momentum for that all the additional momentum here you can use later to add successes to any science tests made by the characters on this mystery so how many more did we have? Any more momentum? Three. So three. Just set those three aside mm -hmm. for the mystery of the star and the sensor shadow. You will have successes that you can cash in later for more answers. Um, so you're going in. You give the update time to Riga. Uh, Captain. We don't have 18 hours. <laughs> Captain, uh, we have less than 11 hours to rescue everyone and everything of importance i mean maybe on the horizon we could pull something like that off but we're a nova class the magawi is miranda uh between the two of us there is just not enough space and not enough people we'll go as fast as we can we'll save as much as we can the crew down on those surface is our priority we might she's going to alert the security staff on the revelation um if they put up resistance we may have to beam them off the planet by force um take them away from their research in case scientists sometimes they just don't want to leave i'll leave that part to you uh i would like to assist with the artifacts alongside teth Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I mean, I have a really hard time leaving behind a lot of this. This is people's lives Riga, here. Riga leans on you, um, but it's also like, I get it. The research is important, but there's like 150 people down on that planet. And if we've only got 11 hours, we are not going to have almost enough time to get them off the planet, let alone their work. If we don't 
get this work off the planet, this will be the first of many more incidences. Absolutely. There's, there's so much here that's unexplained. And every bit of research we leave behind, we heighten our chances. Riga puts her hands in the air. I get it. It's important. We save the people first. We work as fast as we can. We save as much as we can. Understand? People's lives are obviously the priority. That can't be up for debate. I'm playing her a little bit like Janeway. So. Yeah. <laughs> understood, understood. I get it. I put my hands up in the air. I get it. People matter. Federation matters. There has to be a way that we can also get the research. You know what you're doing. Keep scanning the star. See if we can learn more during the rescue operation. And you sass back me again. And I'll put you on the shuttle duty. Thank you, Captain. <laughs> All right, Revelation warps in to the system. Um, skipping ahead to another scene, the uh, uh, rescue operation is going to kick into high gear. The Magawi is already working hard at it. Um, the uh, officer on board that ship is a, uh, a Lieutenant Robert Amos of the um, Engineer Corps. And uh, is, uh, he's working as hard as he can to get his people off the planet as well, but they were not designed for evacuation orders they were here to just like sit and orbit and assist and you know give battery packs when they needed um uh all shuttles on board the it's only you've only got like two or three they're all in use um in uh getting material and people off the surface any possible use of shuttles by characters except between the ship and surface are gonna be default no uh unless you have a very good reason to explain why we're not evacuating people off the planet uh when you get into the when you get into the system uh give you a little bit of uh, i don't want to lose my place here on alpha troy am i missing a page here i think i am um it's a three planet system with a giant red star uh the scientists have been interested in the star uh it's shown evidence of being far too young to be reached in the last stages um, before becoming supernova, uh, some researchers have suggested an ancient species may perform some sort of re-engineering on the star that has caused it to be older than it should be. Uh, initial surveys of the three rocky worlds orbiting Alpha Troyu don't show any signs of any former inhabitation or terraforming. The only evidence the unknown species left behind of their presence in the system were wrecked and useless orbital clusters circling the bloated red primary star. Now, this all changed when the civilian team were uh, evacuating, uh, surveyed the surface of Troyu 2. Uh, they were looking for a small but manned stellar observatory on the sunward facing side. It's tidally locked with the, planet, with the, stu- with the sun. Uh, while taking bedrock samples, though, they broke into an underground complex. And this is what got interest to you, Lhasa. Uh, that was clearly artificial and stripped at some point in the past of anything technological. What was left behind showed the presence of an unknown species that had been found in other parts of the expanse. Uh, No operational technology or record-keeping devices have yet to be found. The Federation has been unable to determine what they term as the Troyun builders were an independent species or a subject race of a rider unknown species spread across the expanse, possibly even the same species that created the artifacts found on Seku-6. There's a lot of similarities in geography and size and like the underground chambers and stuff. Starfleet sent the civilian archaeological team to explore the underground vaults and like city-sized caverns, and a team of engineers run up by Robert Amos has been assisting them with a survey of the planet in orbit, find more underground rooms shoring up the ancient tunnels. Uh, They've been there for a couple of weeks. They were already there when all this started happening. The tremors, tremors began just a day ago and had become more frequent along with the star's flares and other observed instabilities. The Corps of Engineers leader, Robert Amos, has sent out the extraction request. He was the one who contacted Revelation, going, you're on work, great, we need to evacuate. Uh, And it's up to you to get everyone out alive, along with the petabytes petabytes of data that was recorded in various artifacts that are down there. So now, I was supposed to tell you all of that, and I didn't, and now you did. So as we're flying in, you're given your briefing by the captain, and you're finding this stuff out. It sounds like time is of the essence, but 
you have 11 hours. Uh, there's the, uh, there's lots of alien debris, useless clusters orbiting the star. There's Troyu 2, where the people are on, that the Magawi is orbiting, that is evacuating people from, but they are not equipped for this. Sort of neither are you, but two ships are better than one. And, uh, uh, you have, um, agency to determine where you want to go with department heads uh, all your people are working on evacuation but if there's stuff you would want to investigate in we have a lot to research here before we have to get the hell out of dodge how long were we looking at to to um take everybody off the planet again how long is that going to take it's going to take 18 hours of the 11 that Lhasa has found we have left so we're looking at we're not even it's not even necessarily possible to remove everybody. We will not get everybody. Okay. So we're well, already we'll be gonna be, to be dealing everybody. with everybody. We might not be able to get everything. everything. Okay. Um and we're running with this this dark spot in the star here. Yeah, shadow. Have, this shadow. Are are you familiar with this kind of has this ever been something that's come up in some of the past experiences? Captain that you've dealt does with? want you to investigate the star. You're the resident expert on mm-hmm, these things. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel that we need to, at the very least, take a look at. We need to try and probe into this this dark spot and try and find out some more information from it. I'm not disagreeing with you. But... Do you have anything you'd like to? You had a look on your face, Brent. I I had a a idea unrelated to the, the oh, yeah. star, but to maybe help speed up uh, extracting the. Uh, information uh stored in all the computers i've been reading some things about uh uh being able to store information in in inside people's like biology how far away is is that useful can we upload some of the computers i like the way data you think. <laughs> onto the people so that as we're pulling them off the planet they yeah, also re- have resequencing people's dna in order to hold data that was never designed to do that could be done uh it would take several weeks a few months of trials that was a shot. i mean human genetic engineering <laughs> is also outlawed by just about every convention so right right you're from Brooklyn, are you <laughs> yeah we don't it could be done just not today <clears throat> it's a good idea I like I'm what you're a, thinking i'm not a, i'm not an engineer no but I, ha- I had a similar idea that we we create some kind of relay system Either with the people, if everybody brought a pad with them, and uh, some kind of relays between the shuttles, between the ships. Uh, the the first shuttle has come aboard the Revelation. Like they went down, came back up. It's got a, a few of the researchers, and they've brought like trunks of their work and backpacks and materials. Um, uh, they they're bringing that on board. There's stuff there that can be analyzed. Um, there's uh, the orbital constructions. Um, there's a few others. You've got some momentum that you've got spent. Um, and uh, I've got answers to give you. I just can't tell them to you. I feel like, especially when it comes to some of the, the guys down there, anything that can be left behind should be left behind. Uh, a lot of things could be replaced eventually, especially like belongings or whatever kind of tools, devices that's brought down there. But if we can find some sort of way in the time that we're making this preparations for each of the individuals to be bringing data with them. Yes. Then that's what we need to do. The while whoever's waiting, we obviously can't bring everybody at the exact same time. So while people are waiting, those people need to be given as much data as physically possible in order to bring up here. Agreed. Okay, we need to learn about this star. So I'll focus on the and star. And we're going to be having a quick emergency meeting then on the evacuation efforts. We'll <sighs> link in with the Magawi. Uh, Robert Amos definitely wants to hear what we have to do and what we can bring in to help. Um, but uh, Riga wants to know what's going on, like a situational awareness mm-hmm. uh, before we commit to any evacuation timeline. If I can borrow some of your staff. Absolutely. And so, we will we'll focus on the shadow and uh, the compression rates. Absolutely. Um, I think I'd like to try and communicate with uh, Robert Emos a little bit and maybe try and, and implement some sort of plan over the next while to uh the uh the 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 star is interesting but so is troyu too it has lots of uh underground caverns and um things that the archaeologists have been running through it certainly can you have the option to scan the planet as well uh there's the orbital debris um orbiting the star uh, and and yes, the, the the shadow sensor in the star. You got kind of like three. So targets. we could do some more scans while things are going on as well. If you're interested in being more practical, uh, I suggest checking out those orbits, and I'll give you a copy of the information I have from one of the other places we've visited in the Shackleford 
expands. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, that there's sounds... lots of radio chatter too coming from the Magawi. One of the archaeologists down there uh, by uh, one of the head ones. Name of Peter Taylor, Doctor Taylor, is uh, he's just refusing to leave. He's not done yet. He's not done his work. He's not going to leave until he absolutely has to. And he says, "I've got, I've got a half a day, and then I'm, I'm staying to the very end." And <laughs> and then Amos is like, "Can someone deal with this guy?" All right, thanks. <laughs> so you're just hearing like, there's a lot. Of, it's 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 noisy up on the bridge now. Lots of people moving around. Uh, but okay. uh, but you're the science team, so Captain wants a science awareness. So you want to handle the planet and the orbiting um, features? I I feel like I, I've I've connected with a number of these people down there, and if there's anyone who could possibly get through to some of them of what they need to leave behind and realize that we still need their intelligence, we still need their knowledge to continue on some of this, that maybe I stand a better chance at kind of persuading them. I've been spending this time with this smaller crew. Yeah. And as an Andorian, you will command them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. Any scans of any of these things, um, I'll give you the chance of, you got three and you got two of you, so you can pick two of the three. Uh, their difficulty zero, so they just the successes will just generate more momentum that you can spend on answers. Uh, the uh, obtain information spends. Um, reason and science would be my default if you wanted to let me know what part of the system you wanted to look into. I'd like to tell you more about the situation, but you also just need to tell me what you want to know about. Uh, you're referring to like some of the the tunnels and such. There's as the well. alien wreckage in orbit. Okay. There's the planet below that they have been intensely studying for the better part of a month. And uh, and then there's your star. How much do we know about the wreckage at this point? Not much. Not like much. the archaeology team has been focused entirely on Troyu 2, but they have been spent mostly, the Magawi has been having to scan finally. There's a big cavern over here. Like they only just arrived. So, so no, they've, they've gotten down to just dig and remove is, is all they know. They don't know what they've even found yet. They're, they, they're still bringing them up to the labs. And how, how much? Good news, you've got a lot of those on board. Okay. So as far as the wreckage, how much are we dealing with? Are we dealing with a, a significant amount that could not be taken with? It's um, almost like a ring of wreckage around the orbit of the star. So very large. It's a then. lot of okay. it, but it almost all seems like debris. Okay, so as a scan of that at the very least to find out if there's anything that is pinging off a little bit more. So who uh, would like to roll for the ship? I'll give Brent said, a chance to roll for the ship because the yeah. other science guys are doing it. So yeah. one die on your your part and give me a reason and science check. Reason and science only one. Uh, you can spend a momentum to buy a die for uh, for to get out to three. Um, the ship is assisting you, so and. And there's a few other um, things here where you might be able to get. Uh, Would this be a good time to use something like? What were your talents again you that you had? What were the talents we gave you? The talents, uh, proud and honorable. Uh, no, those are values. Oh, uh, the talents underneath. Was, oh, I thought that's what I was reading. Mm -hmm. Testing a theory. Oh, proud and honorable. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Sorry. Proud sorry. and honorable uh, collaboration, medicine, doctor's orders, and testing a theory. Testing a theory. Yeah. Okay, so testing a theory. Great. Um, succeeded once every time you succeed yeah. in a previous task related to this, you mm -hmm. can carry it over into the next one to lower the difficulty. Okay. So the difficulty is is already at zero. So we're not worrying about difficulty okay. here. So that okay. works. So and now I don't think this would just, this be a case where we'd want to roll the momentum or nah, we want to save that. Just okay. just roll it. This is generation. Ooh. Um, so 10 and 11 is what I rolled. And so you, succeed. you succeeded on both of them. Succeeded and the ship them. also helped? The ship helped. Great. So you actually got three successes. Oh, so the, um, yeah, the, the, the wreckage <laughs> is... Uh, job, so I get to job. give you all three answers. Uh, the wreckage is composed of titanium alloy, all of which are their standard materials found in modern ships. Um, the orbit of the wreckage is off-center from the star's mass in such a way as to suggest a second high-mass object. But no objects are detected where that other mass should account for the orbits. So they're orbiting in a weird thing like they're going around another gravitational body, but you don't know where that gravitational body is. Okay. The wreckage seems to have once been gravitationally bound to the shadow sensor deep in the star. It could be that that strange mass is affecting the orbits of the satellite debris, but it seems to really not be there. It's the shadow sensor is more like a lack of mass. It doesn't account for the gravity that would be affecting the objects. They're also because you got so high, uh, a flicker of power in some of the wreckage, whenever that stars, it's starting to flare and it's sending out lots of like those big like magnetic arcs out from the star. Whenever that flare effect hits the range of the debris, it's like the flicker of power 
kind of goes through like a ripple. Um, it may be some working equipment that wasn't seen before or wasn't operational before is somewhere in the debris field and it's interacting with the star. Okay. Um, well, I guess we need to find out yeah. um, if it's uh, what the, what the, the the effects that's going on is it the is it the star that's affecting the station or is it the station that's potentially affecting the star mm -hmm. um so uh, as far as looking into this um more scans or do we need to go to this thing well we're still matters. a ways yeah. away yeah, yeah. lasa so. still has a chance here do you yeah. want to scan the planet while he's doing that Sure. Sure. We're yeah. almost at the end of the episode. I'm just going to kind of yeah, push yeah, you there. Yeah, yeah. So well, do sure. the exact same role again, but this time you're doing this. You're doing the planet. And I'm going to tell you. Do you, you don't have anything that do deals need... with geology, though. No, I don't. Either of you, uh, Armstrong? Uh, no. 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 Uh, I succeeded once. Only once. And I got a success. Uh... Into the mic, Brent. I got a success. <laughs> <laughs> you got a success. Okay, so you got two. Um, so the geologically stable regions of the planet have large, shallow spaces deep in the crust. Currently, all life form readings are from the caverns or in the turbo lift shafts to the surface getting picked up by shuttlecraft. Uh, these are most likely the archaeology and Starfleet engineering teams. Uh, many of the hollow spaces have breathable atmosphere in them, slightly different than Earth standard, extra argon and helium, no power readings except from known sources. And the caverns and hollow spaces all seem to be artificially constructed with ages ranging from 2 million to 200,000 years old. There's a third one, but it can only be achieved if you have a geology focus. At the end of this episode, uh, the artifacts being recovered, um, the camera was just going to pan down to the cargo bay. Uh, there are a variety of shapes and sizes, but all of them have sharp edges, crystal-like. Surfaces on them is not smooth, uh, uh, and nor is there anything that would indicate a function except for small, sharp-edged channels that run along the surface. On close inspection, the artifacts resemble crystallized metallic meteorites and even have a faint coppery or metallic smell. Every few moments, observers start to see a flickering blue light deep inside the artifact, but the sensors always return no activity at all. So you're all up on the bridge studying the planet and studying this systems. And then we go down into the cargo bay. Maybe Armstrong has actually been down there as the helmsman. You're, you're starting to carry boxes and you're lifting them off the shuttle bay. And uh, just as we're, we're going to end the episode here, uh, you, you're lifting one of the cargo boxes down. And as you just look away, the camera zooms in. It's a kind of flickers blue and it goes away. And none of the normal sensor scan alarms or bells that would go off. Nothing happens. It's like nothing's happening at all. So. So Lhasa, Pajorans are a little telepathic. Mm. You're hearing whispers. Like someone in another room is talking, you can hear it through the wall. But you're up on the bridge, there's no other rooms up there. Um, and it's, it's, you can't make, it's just... Very faint. Doesn't, you can't make out anything it's saying, but it's there. Come back next week, everyone. Aww. Um, our first weird little episode of We Are the Stars That Sing the Story of Our Lives or whatever, something like that, isn't it? It's such a long title, <laughs> yeah, I Aaron. I keep thinking like Frank Sinatra every time I hear it. I don't know so, why. <laughs> we are the stars that sing with our life. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, we've arrived in Alpha Troya. We are going to evacuate this system. Something more is happening, obviously. We wouldn't be here at Star Trek. We'll find out more next week on the second episode of our living campaign with our crew of the Revelation. Brent Morris playing Instant Steve Armstrong. Velvet Duke as Lieutenant Bo Lassa. And uh, Neil Tavares as Lieutenant Commander Teth Chobaquil. And I'm Just Neacock, your Game Master. Thank you for listening and supporting us on Patreon. We will see you next week right here. And until then, be good to each other. Bye. Toodles. Bye-bye. The Terrible Warriors has new episodes out every Tuesday. And our next episode of the Star Trek Living Campaign will return next week. This campaign, as you heard, was voted for by our Patreon supporters. A Patreon support of any amount gets you access to our monthly polls letting you choose our next game. 
the October poll is over, so the November game that we will be recording is a return to Masks, A New Generation. You can head over to Patreon right now. Will we continue playing Star Trek Adventures The Living Campaign? Are we going to return to Dogs in the Vineyard? Or are we going to play Urban Shadows or the Night Witches? You decide at patreon.com slash terriblewarriors. Star Trek Adventures is published, of course, by Modifius Entertainment, and the We Are the Stars campaign was written by Aaron Paulier. Follow us on Twitter at Dice Warriors, and check the show notes to follow everyone else who is on this show as well. Those people, your terrible warriors and your crew of the USS Revelation, were Neil Tavares, Velvet Duke, Brent Morris, and Game Master Justin Eacock. That's me. We'll return to you next week, right here on the Terrible Warriors. <laughs>